2: WRKS Pickens Jackson. Are you ready? Yes. Now live from the Whiskey Sixty One Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You
0: are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bow. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN One Hundred Five Point Nine. The Soul.
2: Well, good morning. Oh, man. It's going to be a party in Oxford on Friday night. You know, Lane Kiffin tells me party in the sip. Party in the sip, baby. We are the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone WRKS. Uh, Brought to you by the Russell's Reserve bourbon and uh, ribeye at Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Thanks for joining us, hanging out with us, and making us your sports and entertainment show of choice. The Ole Miss Rebels will host the Auburn Tigers. War Eagle is not in a good spot. Uh, They have been getting beat up and pretty bad. They escaped with the win against Missouri. And other than that, um, they have not looked. Well, they didn't look good in that game, but um, they haven't looked good at all. So they've got wins over Mercer, San Jose State, and Missouri. yee Hall. Yeah, I, I think I, I make it argue that Ole Miss has better wins, and that's, <laughs> that's a tough argument. Uh, Kentucky's better than Missouri. Oh, no, no question. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, Auburn That's lost funny. to Penn state by 20, uh, lost, gave the game away against LSU. And, uh, then of course, Wolf. Georgia does what Georgia does. Wolf. I mean, they, they, they hammered them and that game was in Athens. I doubt many of you watched it. It was, it, Auburn played their tail off in the first half, but couldn't get more than three yards on a possession. And it was 14, Nothing. And then they came out and Georgia did what they needed to do. Is that a pretty good summary of that game? Yeah, it was over. When Georgia scored their first touchdown. It really was. Because, because... you knew you knew Auburn wasn't even going to get yeah. a touchdown. You thought, oh, maybe if Georgia does something dumb, they'll uh, get a field goal.
1: Yeah, I think that's about right. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like it just accidentally Stetson Bennett had dropped the ball. In the pocket and the sad and a, and a defensive end lands on it. You know, you mentioned that Ole
1: Miss's defense gave up 400 yards against Kentucky against Vanderbilt, and yeah. and the sad part is you think about Auburn and you go, "Hey, Tank Bigsby, they're a team that has traditionally run the ball well." Even Hunter when, from Philadelphia, yeah, Mississippi, even when the, Jarquez Hunter, that's right, even yep. when he, even when they weren't good offensively at different times throughout the last decade plus, they it feels like they've always still been able to run the ball for four or five yards a clip. Mm-hmm for at least a few games a year, if not every game a year, right? They're not, I mean, they're so bad offensively, Bo, they make AM look efficient. That's all you got to say. They make a ms offense look well run. The quarterback play in the SEC West is abysmal. And I know Jackson Dart will get there eventually. He's still young and unproven and hasn't had a lot of time. Even Ole Miss's quarterback play isn't what it's been in recent years.
2: Oh, no. I mean, you're following up Matt Corral. Dart's a work in progress. He's had some miscues and and bad throws. Like you said, they're pounding the rock. Yeah. Lane's smart enough to say, hey, I went and got Judkins and Evans. Let's use them. Yeah. We'll lead the SEC in rushing. Yeah. Um, Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau insurance agent in any of the 82 counties in Mississippi. Twitter handle, Twitter, Twitter, at Bowbounds. I haven't checked Twitter, so anyway. Uh, Ag Up Equipment, John Deere Tractor. Ag Up Equipment, John Deere Tractor. Text line 601-885-3776. Weigh in, bring it, let's go. We've got two really big games this week for our two teams. And then you've got Bama and Tennessee, um... And LSU at Florida. I know that it's had sizzle in the past. It's still a big game for those two teams. Uh, it's just the fact that Bama and Tennessee will will be the talk of the town in the world of college football this week. Can the Tennessee Balls win for the first time in what feels like 30 years? Ooh. It hasn't been that long. But it's been a long, long time. Um since Tennessee beat Bama. We were talking about the Auburn series with Ole Miss. Uh, Mississippi State has played Auburn 50 more times than Ole Miss. That's correct. And Alabama 40 more times than Ole Miss.
1: I don't understand. We were having this debate. In the, who was Ole Miss playing forever? I don't even understand how that's possible. Well, one
2: possible. of those teams out of the – right, if you want to think about substituting those teams out, Bandy was one. Then you'd have to go – Find another one. Yeah, but I, I don't understand why they weren't playing. I mean, you only had 10 teams in the league prior to 92. Okay. And they played Mississippi State and Vanderbilt every year. And those were, the, along with Kentucky, the, the three worst programs in the league. Okay. They've played Vanderbilt
1: 95 times. They've only played Auburn 45 times. They played
2: Vandy 95 times and Mississippi State 100 and 106.
1: 106, it looks okay. like. No. Uh, 116, excuse me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt 95 times. Like we said, they've they've only played. Look, they've only played Arkansas 66 times. That's pretty much every time since.
2: Now they played Arkansas, but but yeah. Arkansas was in the Southwest Conference. Yeah, the SWC. Hey, can I get into my power rankings? Yeah, we need to do that. We've All been right, meaning. To let's do, do that. it. So, um, I'm going to roll out my SEC power rankings. I know a lot of you don't care after the first five, six, and I get that. Um and I don't blame you um because the the whole deal is you know who's the top three and then where do you have Mississippi state and old miss um the number one team that I have in the Southeastern Conference as far as power rankings today uh because of what they're doing on the offensive side of the football and the fact that Hennan Hooker's the best quarterback in the southeastern Conference is the Tennessee volunteers hot take all right so they're number one Woo-hoo. um <laughs> The number two team that I have in my SEC power rankings midway through is the Georgia Bulldogs. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. You've you've said two teams in the SEC, and you haven't said the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Roll Tide. Um, the number three team in the out-of-bounds SEC power rankings, I will go with Alabama. So you're taking Tennessee and Georgia
1: over Alabama. Yes. Tennessee unproven, Georgia, Stetson Bennett. Yes. Alabama's third.
2: Yes. Woo! All right. All right. All right. Number four team in the Southeastern Conference. I'm going, is Dog listening? I don't know. Okay, I'm going with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Why is there air? That too. What? Um, I'm sorry, you have Mississippi State number four? Yes. Woo! Woo! Do you All right, number five, and this was close. You could say it's 4A, the Ole Miss Rebels.
1: Just trying to find some recruits.
2: Okay. Really, no one matters after that uh, with what has kind of played out. I am interested in what LSU and Florida do this weekend. Um, But nobody cares about South Carolina football, Kentucky football, or Arkansas football right now. A&M's just something, you know, that's – we are just beating up on A and M because of all their four and five, their fifty six four and five star players that can't win a big game. Yeah. Uh a their lot of that's ninety five million dollar coach that can't win a big their game. Their ninety five million dollar coach and so on. Um and so yeah, I mean well Mississippi State has much better wins than Ole Miss.
1: Yeah. Oh over, you're
2: correct. Over A and M Even Arkansas. though they have a loss. Yes. Now if that loss was at home,
1: you'd feel differently?
2: I would have Ole Miss at number four and Mississippi State at number five. If Ole Miss wins against, let's say they both win, they're both favored this weekend. Okay, let's say they both win. All right, where do you put
1: that Ole Miss Auburn victory? Does it does it vault them up or no? It's still Mississippi.
2: If they both win this weekend, I still have MSU at four and Ole Miss at four a slash five. Well, here's the real question:
1: you have number one and number three playing each other this weekend, right? So State and Ole Miss may be moving up with wins. I don't know if
2: I'm ready to go there. Oh. Even if Bama loses. Oh. Yeah. What about if Tennessee loses? I'm not sure I'm ready to go oh. there either. No. Oh. No. You're a prisoner of the moment. Tennessee's legit. Prisoner of the moment. I'm on the hooker train. Hennen Hooker is the real deal. QB1. Uh, best quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. You're listening to the Out of Bounds show, uh, brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. 601 885 3776 is the text line. Mike D'Attilier at 830. It's really despicable.
0: As far as Jimbo's contract, that $90 million contract, a hitman costs a lot less than that. Thank you, and have a great day,
2: Paul. Those people live among us. Just want to let you know, and um, it makes me want to move to a compound and get away from all of you because you're crazy. Uh, Wow, that guy did double up on the crazy pills. Twitter handle at Bowbounds, uh, the Out of Bounds Show. One hundred down the Zone, ESPN. We'll have Mike D'Antilier at eight thirty, and Ole Miss Insider David Johnson, two four seven Sports at nine thirty. Uh, they'll both join us on the Dosaki guest line. Enjoy an ice cold Dosaki later today. It is a uh, National Sausage Pizza Day. Oh, I love. It. Oh man, loaded up. Um,
1: you like pizza? I am i I'm probably not a pizza lover, but I do like it. Right? Okay. I know there's some people who could eat it like every other day. That's right. not me, but right. once every couple of weeks I like a good pizza. It, and you know, quality obviously
2: understood. Like it, a New York style pizza yeah, from Salamookies, Salamookies Absolutely. Or wood Woodfire Pizza from Bravo. Crust. That's my favorite it, yeah. is the Woodfire pizza. That type of space yeah. crust is crust integrity is key to quality pizza. You just said cr- instead of gap integrity, yeah. You just said crust integrity, yeah. And I like, yeah. it. yeah. No, I mean it is. You know,
1: when you're make when you're surveying the field, a la Will Rogers or Jackson Dart, right? You have to kind of evaluate what's coming. Is there a blitz from the left side? You know, you got like little Caesar's pizza coming at you. You're like, no, 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 get away from me, Audible. dodge that, yeah. Spin out of that and throw it deep, and you hit the Salamukis, you know, for the fifty-yard touchdown. That's right. that's what it's all about.
2: I like it. Yeah.
1: All right. Is sausage pizza one of your go? I I was raised uh, eating sausage uh, sausage on pizzas. Oh, that was one of the go. Yeah.
2: When, well, when Wendy and I make uh, pizza at home, we put deer like sausage it. on. there. I like it. I like it. Um, and you can make you can also head. do borscht. Yeah. And you can get it from corner market grocery store. Borscht yeah. compromise elsewhere. Fifth generation American-owned since 1905, Boar's Head premium meats and cheeses will go well on that sausage pizza. Uh, I wouldn't put the hummus on there, but the hummus is amazing, and it is the number one selling hummus in America. I don't know. Maybe you could do a Greek pizza
1: where instead of marinara, you do hummus on like pita, like a pita crust, and you do like some Greek toppings. I think that could actually be amazing. Some feta cheese, some like Greek olives or marinated vegetables something like that like is
2: keefers open in madison yet i have no idea okay i you know i you wasn't know, a big you just said guy. that and i need to go back down to fertile ground brewery and i may have to go get a pita Mize yeah at that's kind of what it i mean that's kind of what you you're know what making. I'm saying yeah absolutely speaking of uh mm. or maybe like you could get a to-go order yes from Kiefer's i like go that. to fertile ground brewery i like that and have a beer
1: i like that it feels like the text line needs to have a beer because people are upset with your wow. SEC
2: power rankings. Wow, because it's spot on. Tennessee 1, Georgia 2, Bama 3, Mississippi State 4, and Ole Miss 5. It's I, 100% spot on. Yeah. I I mean, you if know. you want me to go from the back to the front, I mean, I go with Bandy, <laughs> you know. Auburn. <laughs> and then, uh, no, I'm Missouri, actually going Bandy in Missouri. Yeah, Hey, Auburn beat In Missouri. Auburn, yeah. And,
1: um... Look, Brad makes the point that Tennessee hasn't played anybody. Pitt lost to Georgia Tech, well, so they're Tennessee not Tennessee
2: hasn't played anybody. Then what has Ole Miss done? Yeah, because Tennessee had to go to Pitt and to LSU. Yeah, and beat Florida at home. He's saying those are scrub teams. Okay, all right. So I do recognize <laughs> that Bama had to go to Texas, and they had played a And M. Yep, and they had to go to Fable. I, uh, you know, those are. Couple of road trips and a top five recruiter at home, so there is something to that. But Tennessee going to Pitt and Tennessee going to LSU and not just going to LSU, but winning by thirty. Yeah, I don't remember a time LSU got beat like that at home. It's hard for I, somebody me. Somebody think. Threw it that. up on the twitters. It was. I'm sure you can find it, but it. it yeah. It.
1: Like I remember the thirty seven seven at State, and I know they've lost some games on the road, but. To get demolished at home.
2: We've seen them lose tight games at home, but to get demolished at home by Tennessee. Okay, well, whew. before I drop this old miss nugget on something that I was thinking about, how about Oklahoma? Futility. Lost three straight games for the first time since 1998. Yep. That was when Mississippi State won the SEC West. This is Oklahoma, listeners. Lost three straight games for the first time since 1998 lost back-to-back games by 30-plus points for the first time ever in the same season, Ooh. allowed the most points ever to Texas, uh. and worst margin ever versus Texas, mm. snapped a 311-game scoring streak. That's, That's what Brent Venables and Jeff Levy are doing at Oklahoma. Remember all the chirping last year. If if Lane leaves, we'll just go hire. We'll just hire Levy. That would have been such a brutal mistake. Is that? Have you seen any of that on the message
1: boards? No, they love Lane Kiffin. He's not leaving. He oh, loves Oxford. He's okay. going to get buried there, right, in a
2: pine box. Uh, I'll, I'll make that bet. Uh, Twitter <laughs> handle at Bowbounds. We're streaming live on the zone 1059com So somebody asked Bo if Ole Miss goes eleven and one. Ooh. Could they make the college football playoff? Well, slow because down. I was talking about Tennessee going 11-1 and making the college football playoff. Here's the difference. Tennessee, if they go 11-1, they will have either beaten Bama or Georgia. Right? They've already won at Pitt. They've already won at LSU. Um, They would clean up the rest and run it. Old Miss, if they go eleven and one, will lose to somebody left on their schedule. But that could be a win against Bama. It could be a loss somewhere else. Like A&M, at LSU yeah. or at AM or even I mean, Arkansas will not be a gimme the week before the golden egg game. Some may think it will be, but I don't think it will be. Um and I don't think the golden egg will be a gimme whatsoever. Um so I, I just think that's a tougher. I think it's a tougher road for Ole Miss at 11 and one than Tennessee, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's the play: stay out of the stay out of the championship game, um, but finish 11 and one and see if you can get the fourth spot. I here's the problem: if you now, are not in- Ohio State's in, Clemson seems to be trending that way. I think the West Coast teams will take themselves out. Correct. I agree. So that leaves two spots for two SEC teams. You tell me who it's going to... I mean, Ohio State in, we think... And look, Clemson, Mississippi State and Ole Miss could win the ACC. They could beat Clemson. Okay? Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I'm not saying that they could win at Clemson a bunch of times if they played. But a one-off, But if they played in Atlanta several times, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, I think it'd be about 500. This year, uh, but Clemson's super blessed to play in the ACC, and the ACC is awful, and it's so boring. Good grief, it's not even compelling. Um, so the eleven and one thing, we'll just have to see. But the top five teams in the league are Tennessee, Georgia, Bama, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. It, you could have a different order. But those are the top five teams in the league. Brought to you by Rick's Pro Truck, ricksprotruck.com, and Went McGee, the mortgage man, mortgagemanms.com. Mike Natillier coming up next on the Dosecchi guest line. Enjoy a Dosecchi and a sausage pizza later today.
0: do it this This is the sec insider Hit, and it's presented by blue cross blue shield of mississippi it's good to be blue
2: oh man the out of bounds show is brought to you by sound and communications design build top quality audio visual Leading-edge audio-visual for your sports facility, church, or business. SoundcomAV.com. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Uh, We were talking about Tennessee uh, throughout the last hour or so of the show. We did mention the LSU-Florida game, which is getting overshadowed, as it should be. But still, there's a lot riding on the line for those two programs this weekend but what happened last weekend in Baton Rouge does not happen or hasn't happened in a long time. LSU lost 40 to 13 by 27 points to the Tennessee Volunteers. And we bring on LSU insider Mike Detillier, Saints Insider 2, WWL Radio TV New Orleans. And Mike D joins us on the Dosecki guest line. Mike D, uh, I understand that LSU is in transition. It's going to take a minute for Brian Kelly to get them where they want to go. But were you still surprised that they were dominated at home?
0: I was surprised how much. Um, I thought Tennessee would win the game. I think Tennessee's a a better team today and certainly better at the quarterback position. Uh, That's where it gives them a big advantage. And, uh, you know, if you get that spot right, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, if you can get the quarterback position right. And you think about Lane Kiffin and what happened at Ole Miss. He went from uh, what they were, a four-win team with Matt Luke to a five-win team to a ten-win team within a year. Okay? Matt Corral, he settled the quarterback spot. No doubt. And uh, when you think about that jump from year one to year two, Corral was a big part of that. And think about Heifel, okay? He comes in. That job was not supposed to be for Hooker. It was Joe Milton, uh, who was uh, from Pahokee, Florida. He went to Michigan. They brought him down. Joe was going to be the guy. Uh, He won the job in the fall uh, drills before, you know, the regular season started, played a couple games. They go to hooker. What happened since? Ws. You know, and that position sort of changes the reality of where you're at. You think about Lincoln Riley in USC. Fifty three new players on a team at USC. Total changeover. But he got it right at quarterback. You know, he, he went. He went and get. You know, you get Williams and brought him to the USC, and that's been the difference. And it it's the connected dots of, of what's happened. You look at LSU, uh, Joe Burrow two years, and then post-Joe Burrow. And what has happened? Uh, you think about Alabama and that lineage of quarterbacks that sort of went through. Jalen Hurts. Toatonga Valoa, Mac Jones, and now Bryce Young, and you got a glimpse of what you might see when Bryce is not there, against Texas A&M. It it it's the the changing spot all across the board, and um, you know it's difficult when you go somewhere and you don't have that guy, and it's like the NFL. Uh, it's rare that uh, a coach gets run off and he got a unicorn quarterback that can really turn the engine over on the car. So uh, you, you see it at LSU, the struggles at the quarterback spot uh, post-Joe Burrow. And, okay, it was supposed to be Miles Brennan or Max Johnson or Peter Parrish, T.J. Finley, Garrett Nussmeier. Now Jaden Daniels. And, you know, that's not going to – none of those guys are going to be able to turn it over. I think they do have a guy there. He's a true freshman in Walker Howard. I think mm-hmm. he's the next. that I think can get it done. But until you figure out that quarterback spot, uh, Brian's going to have outings similar to this. And uh, Billy, you know, at Florida – he got Richardson, who is super talented, very talented, but he does not have a lot of playing exp- or starting experience, I should say. Um, and you're going through the growing pains of a young quarterback. So it'll be interesting this weekend. Uh, it is a rivalry that both teams they don't like one another. They they hate one another, you know. And that this rivalry goes back for quite a few years. And so um, it'll be interesting to see which one of the Richardson's show up because I've seen him when he looks really good, and I've seen him when he looks really erratic. But when he was at Manning, he was the most talented, physically gifted quarterback there this summer. Wow. I think anybody who was there saw it. He was the most physically gifted Um he wasn't the most accurate, but he he had all the tools. Uh, he really does. And again, I think it'll come in time for him. Uh, but you know, by the time that sort of settles down, he'll be playing in the pros. He will be playing for the Gators.
2: Uh, Mike, what do you don't think that uh, ls you don't think Brian Kelly will allow the team to check out? Do you?
0: No, uh, he's he's not that type of guy and he'll get their attention real quickly. Um, And the surprising part is they seemingly uh, were not focused against Tennessee. Okay, you fumbled the opening kickoff. Uh, Special teams has been a cluster uh, from day one uh, with, with Kelly. And yet he talks about it every day and how much emphasis they put on it. And I think they really have. It's just been one mess up after the other. But you had situations there where you had dropped passes. Uh, One, Kayshaun Booty dropped one early. Jare Jenkins got hit with one. That would have been a big gainer, drops that. Uh, Defensively, while they had played really well, that wasn't the case against Tennessee. And I, they got hit with the tsunami. And, and you could tell. They, they look overwhelmed. It's funny two weeks ago he made a comment about we're going to have some rough days here at LSU. And everybody sort of raised the eyebrows. He said get ready for some rough days. Uh, I don't think he thought it would be this rough. But I think he could kind of foresee that this team is still not sort of believed in his coaching staff, and he has talked about that numerous times. There comes a moment for every coach taking over a team that your team's gotta believe in you. And we thought maybe that had been the Mississippi State game, but apparently, you know, that's not the case. And so now you get into a stretch where you play Florida and then Ole Miss, uh, you better get your confidence back real quick.
2: Hmm. All right, Mike, when you look at Mississippi State and Ole Miss, um, you know, its they're both playing well. Uh, Ole Miss has had an easier schedule. Mississippi State has a loss. Uh, right now, and it's still relatively early, uh, which team do you like better, MSU or Ole Miss?
0: It's real close. Uh, I would give a slight advantage to Ole Miss because they can run the football with those two backs. Man, listen, that's going to win you some games. Uh, Mississippi State has the better passing attack, no question about it. I'm surprised at how well Ole Miss's defense has played. It really has. Uh, that that's that's jumped out at me. State, we've seen it from time to time that their defense plays pretty well. Uh, it surprised me how well Ole Miss's defense has played, and so it's it's close between the two teams. Uh, it really is, but I think the ability to run the football, control a clock, will really help Ole Miss down the stretch. And boy, they you know their offensive line's pretty good, even though they've reshuffled it. Yeah, and they they can run it, man. You got you got two backs there that can really sort of take over the game. And then, well, this week, you know, Mingo, who's been a good player, he all of a sudden he went into the telephone booth and became a Superman. He became a great player. Uh, but Mississippi State's going to put some points on the board, and uh, they're aggressive on defense. Man, they they fly to the football. It's it's a close call between the two of them, to be honest with you. But uh, I think the ability to run the football when you need to and have to is going to pay dividends for, for Lane Kiffin. And um, we said it all off season. If there's a team to watch, it would be Ole Miss. But I, I really thought maybe Jackson Dart would, would be a bigger impact at quarterback. But I think he's starting to sort of find his groove now. After some rocky starts. And their defense sort of kept them uh, alive. Uh, when Dart wasn't playing particularly well,
2: Mike D'Attili, Mike D, on the Doseki guest line, um, Bam at Tennessee. Who do you like? Well, I know we
0: don't know if Bryce is going to play. That that's going to be the key because right. if Bryce plays, it, it's it's the difference. Sure. Um, Tennessee has more than a puncher's chance here because their ability to put points on the board and that any- time you can do that uh you're gonna stretch the rubber band uh against a team and uh hooker he's he's the difference maker huh. because of his uh, man you know he he just doesn't throw a, a pass that's really um there to turn the ball over it's it's on target he's you know he's seemingly so synced with the receivers. And uh, defensively, uh, well, they've had their moments, and I think they're a great team defensively. By any stretch, uh, they're improved. Uh, Alabama's defense is is what's keeping them there uh, without Bryce, and they got a running game with Gibbs; well, they really do. But you know, again, if if Young plays, Alabama wins.
2: Hey, all and, right. So you feel? Uh, I
0: think I think if Bryce. If Bryce plays and he's, you know he's not going to be 100%, but that 80% or 75% Bryce is pretty good, um, uh, I think Alabama wins. But it will be very close. Uh, I think Tennessee will hang in there uh, be just because their ability to score points. But I have seen their secondary play, and it's not great. and And I think Bryce could take advantage of that. Okay. And was it the anomaly of the defense because I think you always sort of remember the last thing you see was how they played against LSU and shut down the running game of LSU, but uh, LSU's offensive line isn't very good. Uh, Alabama's a different story, and you think about A and M, you know that name, image, likeness got them some talent. <laughs> Man, they're too deep on defense. They're really good. They're really good on the defensive side of the football. Offensively is where they struggle uh, because it, at times it's kind of a sputter type offense. But uh, that, that game took a lot out of you uh, to play against A&M. It took a lot more out of you than you might have thought. But I think Alabama, if Bryce Young plays, Alabama wins. But if he doesn't play, then, man, it swings toward the Volunteers.
2: Uh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Mike D on the Out of Bounds show. Mike, let's uh, switch gears and talk a little Saints and taste some Hill. Uh, they needed a W. Uh, and in the NFL or any sport, any level, it doesn't matter how you get it. and uh, And they got it. What was your one takeaway from the Saints getting the big W this weekend?
0: One, Seattle's a bad defense, and secondly, um, it's rare that you see a guy in the NFL that you can't compare to someone else. Taysom Hill is that guy. Compare him to someone else um, who can play running back, uh, wide receiver, uh, tight end, plays a little quarterback, special teams. In the modern era of pro football, I I can't think of another guy that can play it at that level. I can't compare him to anybody of my youth and of my age today. There's been no one like him. Um, I um, I live next to uh, Joe Clark, uh, who passed away last year. Uh, Joe was a player for the Cleveland Browns coach there a couple different times, Um, and he would tell me that, you know, I've never seen a guy like Hill as a threat to do all those things. He said the greatest all-purpose player he ever saw, and Joe had some age on him, uh, was was Lou Groza. And uh, he said, you know, I played with Lou, and actually I was on coaching staff with Lou. And everybody remembers Lou Groza as a kicker. But he started 11 seasons in the NFL at offensive tackle. So he said not only was he our kicker, he was our starting tackle. And he said back in 57, Paul Brown comes up with this thing, and he says, Clark, uh, we're going to have rotating defensive tackles. Our tackles defensively are wearing out during the game. He says, well, who's going to be our third guy? Remember now, he had traded Doug Atkins, who goes on to have a pro football Hall of Fame career to the Bears. Um, uh, Atkins and and Paul Brown didn't quite get along real well. Um, And he trades him off to Chicago, and guess who becomes the rotation defensive tackle? Lou Groza. Mm -hmm. So he said, think about it. He was our place kicker, he was our starting right tackle, he was our rotation defensive tackle. He played from 1946 to 1967. Wow. So he says, again, uh, there aren't a lot of humans that could do it. And he said the crazy thing about Lou is after the game, uh, he looked like he was waiting for the bus to bring him to the beach. He said, you know, he, he wasn't out of breath. He, you know, it was, everything's fine. Everything's good. I'm ready to play some more. He said it was amazing, uh, his stamina as a player. And he said uh, that Paul Brown made him do a chart. I think, it's, I think he told me from 1949 to 1959, which would be an 11-year span because uh, Groza sat out the sixty season because of a back injury and came back in play. He said the the leading tackler in the NFL on kickoff seven of the ten years seven of the eleven years was Lou Groza. He was the kickoff guy and he was the leading tackler in the NFL on 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 special teams. So he said, you know, it, it was amazing, but you watch Taysom Hill and to see all of that, name me someone else that can do all of that at that level.
2: And he's 32 years old.
0: And he's 32. He told me about, you know, he went for the Mormon mission, and uh, he had been hurt every year at Brigham Young. And when he came out for the draft, um, him and I have done a few events together. And, you know, he said people, they would bring him in, and they'd let him throw at quarterback. But then he said, next thing you know, they had him running routes as a receiver. (laughs) You know, so he said, I knew... Well, probably this wasn't exactly where I was going to play. And um, so, you know, he he goes to Green Bay and did really well in a couple preseason games. And Sean Payton, watching the NFL Network one night, sees him running around and says, you know what, Uh, um, I really like him as as a quarterback and, and maybe we could use him as a gadget player. But it was Mike Westfall who was—he just came out with a book on special teams. Mike came up with the idea to put him on special teams. It was—it was Mike Westfall's idea because he tried it with Tim Tebow with the Jets. But he said Tim was not as receptive uh, or receptive to the idea uh, to do all of that uh, as was Taysom. And you look at Taysom, and, you know, if he makes a big play or something, man, he got a big smile on his face. and You know, it's fun for him. And he's had a few injuries lately, but he has not went through that sort of the other after the other that he'd had at Brigham Young and playing quarterback. But he's pedaled to the metal every play. Uh, he's bringing it. And if you look at a key first down block that was thrown late in the game, the key block was thrown by Taysom Hill. And it wasn't no uh, just getting away block. No. He got in there like a like a fullback and threw that block to Spring Camaro. Again, I bring up name me another guy that can do all what Taysom can do. So Saints got a route away to continue to have him being involved more, but I think the the part that was missing too, Andy Dalton got the football out in the flat to Alvin Kamara as a receiver. That was something Jameis struggled with, really struggled with. And I think those two elements give him a fighting chance if you can keep him healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you found your, your one two shot because you've been you're hurting at the receiver position today with Michael Thomas with the turf toe. Uh, Jarvis has got a ankle injury, and a lobbies and concussion protocol. You had to find a way to do it, and you found a way. And him <laughs> he was fabulous. But so was Alvin Kamara as not only a runner but a receiver.
2: Mike, I've got one minute. Uh, do you think Sean Payton coaches next year?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you can hear it in his voice. He would like to... Um, It'll be interesting to see where I've always felt his interest was much more on the West Coast, Yeah, that that he would like that. He's got a home now in Idaho, and so, um, you know, <laughs> how much longer does uh, Nathaniel Hackett have in, in Denver? Man, I was thinking about he that. seems to be way over his head. The other team it would be the L.A. Chargers. Uh, because it is L.A. and um, he does have the unicorn quarterback in place in Justin. Herbert. I think that would be a home run. I think that would be where he's eyed that pretty yep. good. And he doesn't and his daughter live from out in L.A. Awesome a game. Mike, do, was that
2: doesn't his daughter live out in L.A. and she's in the entertainment? Yeah, she does. Okay. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, she lives in the Santa Barbara area. Got yes. it.
2: Yeah. All right,
0: that makes sense.
2: The Chargers, um, boy, that'd be wow, that'd be dangerous. Sean Payton and Justin Herbert. Goodness gracious. All right.
0: And they got a team that's built to win now.
2: That's true. He
0: doesn't have a lot of pieces that he needs to put in place. Uh but I I would be really surprised if he was not a head coach in the NFL in twenty twenty three. And I never thought it would be Dallas because he wants full control. Right. Yeah, I didn't buy that either.
2: Um, All right. Mike D. At Mike Dettelier on Twitter, WWL Radio TV, New Orleans. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk next week. Thank you. Appreciate it. He's awesome. Uh, Mike Dettelier on the Out of Bounds Show brought to you by SoundcomAV.com, the absolute leader in audio and visual. Top quality audio and visual providing leading edge audio and visual for churches sports facilities and businesses acoustics audio video lighting integrations soundcomab.com Mike detelier on the desecchi guest line we'll have David Johnson rebels 247 at 930.